Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned with Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us now. Let's get started. In a society that rewards the masculine energy, many women and many men have repressed, have suppressed their feminine energy. So what can we do about it? What are the natural consequences of suppressing our feminine energy? Because remember, let's remember that everyone has feminine and also masculine energy. What happens when we suppress our feminine energy, our creative energy, our connection with the inspiration, with a higher power than ourselves? What are the natural consequences? What can we do? to thrive and stop surviving. If you want to thrive, you need to surrender your ego, your mind, who you really believe that you are, which maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you need to move from logic to intuition. But how about embracing both of them? Kirk Blackson is going to talk about this today with us. We're going to be unraveling the differences between our ego and a higher source that is going to be showing us the path ahead, just taking one step at a time. Some people, you know, some people are trapped in a very toxic relationship. Sometimes they don't know what to do. They have seven kids, they have two kids, they they have these 50,000 pounds uh, debt of the one wedding day that they had where everything was special, when everything was very special, but then after a while, the magic is gone. Maybe abuse start to happen. And before you know, they're in, a, in an entanglement, maybe in an abusive relationship. They want to break free, break free, break out from that, break through. They don't know how. So they find they don't find the courage that they need to do that. And they don't know what to do. If they just honor their feelings, allow their body, the wisdom of their bodies to guide them one step at a time. They don't need to know to see all the ladder ahead, all the way, the path ahead. They don't need to know. They just need to take one step at the time, and they need to allow themselves to be guided by what? By their intuition, by their higher self, whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, your uh, the voice of your soul, the, the teachers, the spiritual teachers, it's up to you, it doesn't matter, God, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, I don't care, but this this inner wisdom that we all have, that we have suppressed and repressed. If yes, if we just allow it to flourish, then we will see, we will know what we need to do. We will just take the first step and the rest will be shown to us soon. So today we're going to listen to what Cute Black Song needs to tell us about all this because, you know, you could listen to your intuition and see what the weather is going to be like today or you could also check your app forecast weather. You choose intuition or logic because, you know, the forecast weather 
Can get it wrong sometimes. <laughs> Today I got cute black song here. He's gonna tell us all about the magic of surrender. His book with a god here. He's a spiritual leader. He really helps people who, to transform their lives, really. The relationships, as he talks about relationships in this book. So if you, if you're hearing, pay attention. He's going to tell us all about his book, The Magic of Surrender. So welcome, Hugh, to our relationship break the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I like to ask you a question about the book that keeps lingering in my mind. I just have a feeling that people find it very hard to let go. They need the courage that you mentioned in the book. They need to find the courage to let go of the things that are controlling them and they, that they are stopping them from achieving their full potential. And I have a feeling that you know a lot about this. So tell us about that. How can people find the courage to let go? I think it does take a little bit of courage to let go. You know, Um, it takes courage to be human. It takes courage to live, takes courage to love, takes courage to be who you are in a world that is constantly conditioning you to be someone else or something else. It takes courage to speak your voice. It takes courage to live your purpose. It takes courage to dare to be different. But I think this is the process of being human. This is the process of being alive. This is the process of the human experience. I think fortune in many ways favors the bold. Um, but I think the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings is surrender. I believe that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings. I really believe that, and which is really why I wrote the book. I really believe that surrender is the, shall we say, the pathway to freedom. That surrender is the password to freedom. Surrender is the real secret to the next level of our lives. Surrender is the real key to manifestation. I think surrender is the, 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 the foundation of peace. And if you truly want to experience magic and prosperity and abundance and miracles in your life, you have to surrender. The challenge is in our culture today, uh, there's many misconceptions about surrender. We have this idea that surrender is weak or surrender is passive or surrender is giving up or surrender is, you know, uh, doing nothing or waving the white flag or that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals or your dreams or your desires that you're going to get left behind, that you're going to, you know, maybe be a doormat. But I'm actually saying, no, if you truly surrender, you actually get more. And so it does take courage, but we can go deeper into that. That's right. When you say surrender, what specifically do people need to surrender to? Yeah, I think when we say surrender, um, surrender is a letting go of control. It is a letting go of the illusion that we were in control in the first place. Surrender is a letting go of the idea of who we think we should be. It is a letting go of the life that we think we should be having or the way we think relationships and people should be. Surrender is an openness. Surrender is an availability. Surrender is a willingness. Surrender is a receptivity. Surrender is opening, is a letting go of control and 
an opening to allowing life to show you, life to reveal itself, life to flow, life to unfold. And I think when we truly surrender, life tends to unfold in ways that we could not even imagine and we could not even predict. And I think that's when the magic happens, you know. So often we're conditioned to uh, ask the question, like, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Right. And I think in our culture, this is a very sort of ego based model for living and creating life. You might get what you thought you wanted. And I think many of us, we've had the opportunity to manifest and maybe achieve things and you might get what you thought you wanted. The thing is, sometimes when you get what you thought you wanted, you realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And so the question I really invite people to ask is not what do I want? The question that I invite people to ask is what is it that life is seeking to express? What is it that life is seeking to manifest through me? What is it that the universe is seeking to to create and and speak and and express through me? And I think when we can truly allow ourselves to be available and to be open, so that we can listen and be still and tune in to listen to that deeper intuition, that's mm-hmm. when the magic happens. If you really look at the great ones, whether it's a Jesus, whether it's a Buddha, whether it's a Gandhi, whether it's a Mother Teresa, whether it's a Mandela, at some point they all. Uh, surrendered themselves to life. They all surrendered themselves to that purpose that was bigger than themselves. And in that surrender, they transcended their human limitations. They transcended their, their egos. And in that letting go, in that surrender, even though they were not perfect human beings, I think they tapped in, they were able to tap into another dimension of life. And that's when you could say life began to use them. Life began to express through them. Life began to manifest through them in ways that they could not have even imagined for themselves. And so I think that's that's the magic, you know, that's the blessing. That's that's the miraculousness of surrender. I, I love everything you say in cute. And I also imagine right now some people may be thinking, but I don't want to let go of the things that I want for my life. Yeah, but the thing is this, many, 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 if we all look at the things that we wanted for our lives, many times what we think we want is based on who we think we are. And if we look back, if everyone just takes a moment and maybe you look back at a relationship in your life that you had, We've all had those relationships in life where we're like, we were so sure we found the one. We were so sure we wanted that person to be the one. We were so sure we couldn't imagine being without this person, right? And then we broke up and it didn't work out and it didn't manifest. And we were devastated and we, 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 we were mad at God, mad at the world and we were so disappointed. But we got over it. We moved through it. And then all of a sudden, maybe five years, 10 years, seven years later, we look back and you look back at the relationship and you think to yourself, Thank God that didn't work out. Thank God that didn't happen, right? And so sometimes we're not able to see in a moment, you know, the ego is very limited. And so often we're not able to see in a moment uh, the whole picture and the whole unfolding of life. And so sometimes what we think we want is just what we think we want based on who we think we are, but we have to really get in touch with who we truly are first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it takes courage. You are talking about intuition, cute. Intuition. Um, intuition. How can people know whether 
their intuition is yes. actually their fear you stopping see, them. Many times your intuition will arise from a deeper dimension than your conscious mind. Your intuition will arise from that deeper dimension of unconditioned essence, your true being, your authentic nature. It will arise from that deeper part of you, not necessarily your ego, which is conditioned by past experience. And so the degree to which we are conditioned, which is we haven't dealt with our mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual issues, emotions, traumas, you know, issues, uh, is the degree to which the pure essence and nature of our intuition will often be hijacked or clouded by our conditioning. And so I think I would say the more that we do the mental, emotional, spiritual healing, the more we free the patterns of conditioning to be able to have a clear lens to be able to interpret and tune in to the the sensations and the feelings so that we can interpret them more accurately right and so intuition is the sort of unconditioned uh arises from the unconditioned nature of our being and often your intuition will not make sense to your mind Often your intuition will not make sense to your ego, your conditioned personality, because it's not coming from your conditioned personality, ego, logic, or mind. It's coming from a deeper part of you. So when it's not meant to fit into your mind, so when it arises, oh, I, I sense to do this, to call here, to go here, to call this person, to, to write that thing, to check that thing, to make that phone call. It doesn't make sense, right? And, and so... The challenge is what we tend to do is because it doesn't make sense. The mistake we make as human beings is we start questioning it. Well, what does it mean and how? And, and I need, I need to understand what this means in order to follow it. And I'm not going to follow it because that intuitive guidance or, 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 or instruction you're given, uh, will often take you outside of your comfort zone or take you into the unknown because there's a rising from that place that is beyond your mind. So the mistake we make is we often question it. And that questioning is the ego strategy to try to control. Because if I can understand and make sense of this intuition, and so we analyze it and we overthink it, because if I can control it, make sense and analyze it, then I can be controlled and I won't get hurt. And so it's a well-intended strategy, but we don't realize that what we often end up doing is, is disconnecting ourselves from the flow. So I tell people that when your intuition arises, if it doesn't make sense, that's often a sign that it's your true intuition. Sometimes your intuition, your intuition won't always be this loud thing that tells you go to your friend's house. It might be a very subtle sensation in your body. It might be a very subtle emotional feeling. It might be, uh, hmm, something doesn't quite make sense here. This is your intuition. It might be you feel heat in your body. You feel a chill in your body. This can be your intuition. Sometimes the intuition uh, emerges because you just have a, a gut feeling. And because it doesn't make sense, if we're willing to just acknowledge it and not what I have found, the best way is you acknowledge it, you pay attention, and you don't question, and you follow. You pay attention, and the more you follow, okay, something says, mm, pick up the phone and and call Rebecca. Okay, pick up the phone and call Koo. Just do it. Don't question. When you follow that and you don't question, often the reason gets revealed to you 
in the process or afterwards. And then you go, oh, I see why. Because Rebecca Coote says, I was just thinking about you. Boom. And then that leads to something. And so the more you follow, the more your intuition grows. The more you follow, the more your intuition strengthens. The more you follow, the more your intuition comes into alignment. And so intuition is often a sensation. Intuition is often subtle. Intuition is not something you're thinking and analyzing. Many times there's something in your intuition that feels different, that it just kind of, it just feels like a flow. It feels right. You might not understand it, but it kind of just, I feel like I'm meant to do that. The challenge is we talk ourselves out of it. And so I have found that the more you, the more you follow it, the less you question it, the more it will grow, the more you'll be guided. And when you are able to follow that intuitive impulse in a way and be obedient, you start to move yourself into the natural flow of life. You start mm. to move yourself into the flow of nature. Then you mm. begin to create and live your life in an unlimited way because your living and your creation is not limited to the the limitation of the ego mind. You know, part of the thing that resists surrender and why surrender, we're talking a bit about surrender, right? Why surrender feels feels difficult, feels challenging, feels hard, feels scary is because the ego, that which we mistakenly believe ourselves to be, is the very mechanism that is resisting surrender. We have been conditioned to believe that we are this ego structure, mind, body, name, form. You know, the ego is made up of beliefs and ideas and a sense of identity that we hold onto that we mistakenly believe us, believe of as myself. And the degree to which we hold onto and we're identified with this idea of who we are the harder surrender feels but i'm going to propose that surrender is your true nature surrender is actually easy look if you look at a child right a child a child is living surrender a child when we're children we're born we're free we incarnate into this human experience a child will jump on a table and sing and dance a child cries when they feel like crying they poop when they feel like pooping they eat when they feel like eating they they're fully in the moment they follow their curiosity they're totally in the flow they they feel an, an impulse and they just they go with it there's no condition filter or mind you know what happened to a child will sing dance naked on the table they don't care so what happened to us the conditioning process began. And that's how we started to lose touch with. So, so here's what happens. We're born free. We're surrendered. We're, we're living surrender. As children, we are this sort of surrender, living in the surrendered state, right? We're not worried. We're just being. We, we, we incarnate. We meet our parents. Our parents are just doing the best that they knew how to do based on their life and their traumas and their grandparents and et cetera, et cetera. And so all of us were born into kind of a preset pattern of conditioning and maybe dad is crazy maybe mom is an alcoholic maybe they're fighting all the time maybe there was divorce maybe dad wasn't around maybe they both abandoned us maybe they were great people but they just didn't know how to meet our emotional needs and that was painful so two things happened the first thing is we learned all sorts of strategies to shut down disconnect not feel and we started to suppress our feelings because it was too painful to feel that dad left. It was too painful to feel that mom and dad were fighting. So we suppressed, 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 suppressed. And before you know it, 
layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of unfelt, unexpressed, unprocessed emotion and feeling kind of began to cover up our true essence, our true nature, that that con- natural connection to ourself and our intuition. And so now we can't tune into our intuition because our intuition is clouded by pain and hurt and grief and resentment and anger for decades that we've learned to suppress the, in order to function and survive. And so we learn to sort of erect walls around our heart and build walls as a survival mechanism. And this becomes a a strategy and a form of control because if I can control how I feel and not feel so helpless and so pain and so hurt, then I can survive and I can be okay. And, and so then we kind of go into the world and we learn a way of being. Who do I think? Who do I think I need to be in order to get love and validation and approval? Oh, when I'm a, when I'm nice. Then mom loves me. Yeah. When I'm a certain way, then dad loves me. So we learn to develop a, a role, a mask, a persona to become who we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, approval from parents, from the world, from school, from society, from, you know, religion, from the, from those around us. And we now contort ourselves into a shape to become the version of mm-hmm. ourselves that we think we need to be in order to avoid pain, in order to get love. So now we've become this person that we hold so tightly onto for a sense of me, and that is quite limiting. And so the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. But the degree to which we're conditioned, I would say, is the degree to which we're also afraid of surrendering. And that's why it takes courage, because surrender feels like a death. It feels like a death for the version of ourselves that we've become, we've, we've gotten conditioned into being. The, the thing is, the version of ourselves that we've become, Coot, Rebecca, Johnny, Susie, is not who we really are. It's not who we really are. It's just a conditioned pattern version of ourselves that we've learned to become in order to survive, function, survive. Yeah and get love, validation, approval. And so when Mm -hmm. we realize that, then we have to have the courage to question, who am I? We have to have the courage to to feel those feelings so we can let the layers and layers and layers go. We have to have the courage to question ourselves so that we can truly get in touch with who we are. And when we realize that the version of ourselves that we've become is not what we really are, but is a conditioned set of patterns, then we realize that what we're letting go of and what we're surrendering and what we're releasing, which are, you know, uh, ways of being, which are stories about ourselves and beliefs about I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, I'm not good at this, I'm not this kind of person. They're just beliefs and stories that we learn to adopt in order to function and survive, in order to make meaning of the world. They're just stories that we learn to make up, but we've hold, we've held so tightly to these stories that they're now limiting us. What we're surrendering and letting go of are the illusions and the stories about what we believe ourselves to be. So when we really get that, it kind of changes your relationship to what you're letting go of because what you're really letting go of is not what you really are. It's just the idea and the illusion. But surrender feels like a death. So it, it can feel scary. But when you kind of understand that, then I think one of the keys is the willingness to be loving and compassionate with yourself in the process of letting go. Because the ways that we've gotten conditioned to be 
and the roles and the masks and, and the identities that we have learned to develop in order to function, they worked for us when we were five. You know, they worked for us when we were 10. They worked for us when we were 15. The challenge is they're now, when we're, when we're 25 and 35 and 45, often now they're, they're actually getting in the way and they're limiting us. And so that's what we have to let go of. So we have to be willing to meet ourselves with, with tenderness, with love, with patience, with compassion, so that we can, sometimes part of surrender is not, um, it, it is just to recognize that we are resisting. Sometimes part of surrender is to surrender to the fact that we may not be surrendered right now because some part of us, the ego is holding on because the ego's job is to protect you from getting hurt. The ego's job is to reinforce its existence. And when we can understand the well-intended nature of the ego, which is the mechanism that resists surrender, then we can start to meet the ego, our resistance, with love. And I think when we can hold ourselves and meet our resistance, the parts of ourselves that are resisting surrender with love, then we can relax and a deeper surrender can happen. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is that people are surviving because they are believing the persona that they have constructed, built to survive, to avoid pain. And if we want to thrive, we need to go through that dying process of the person that we believe that we were. Yeah, so, so that's why surrender, in a sense, feels like a death, which is why the ego resists it, which is why the ego, you know, spites it. And so I would say that when you realize that the ego, that which we believe ourselves to be, and that which is afraid of surrendering, right, and resists surrender, when you realize that the ego itself is actually not real, it changes your relationship to surrender. The ego isn't real. It is not a thing. This is a pen. This is a phone. Where is the ego? The ego is a process of identification. It's like mm -hmm. a bicycle is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. We've just believed the ego to be a thing and we call that thing me. So when we like, when we say surrender, it's like, whoa, I, I, I don't want to surrender because what's going to happen to me? So of I course there's die. resistance, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to die. And so that resistance is a natural kind of process. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you realize that the ego is not a thing, the ego is a process. It's a process. It's a bicycle is a thing. Pedaling, pedaling is a process. And so when you realize That's that, right. it, it can really shift your relationship to who you are and a mm -hmm. deep understanding and, and can kind of facilitate a letting go. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, I would say, you know, I think one element of surrender that is necessary. Look, the next level for everyone, the next level of your life requires the next level of you. And the next level of you requires that you let go of who you were. You cannot manifest the next level of your life 
being the old version of yourself. You cannot manifest the new being the old. The challenge is many of us, we've gotten comfortable with who we were. We've gotten comfortable with what we know. We've gotten comfortable with the life that we've created. And so there's a fear of letting go because of the unknown. And so the ego doesn't want to let go because who will I be when I let go of this life, this relationship, this idea? And so uh, what we have to realize is holding on to that which is no longer working in your life mm-hmm. is actually keeping you stuck. Holding on to that relationship, to that job, to that situation that is no longer aligned and working in your life is actually blocking your blessing and is reinforcing the thing that you don't want. Mm-hmm. So so to truly create that next thing, that next level, you have to surrender, you have to let go. It's the letting go that creates the space, makes the space for the new. And so one of the things I would say, people might say, well, well where, where do I begin? How do I start? Now that you could say it's a lifetime process of surrendering, right? Uh, but one place, simple place, practical place that I would say that you can start the process of surrendering is simply this. One of the things that blocks us from truly letting go and surrendering and being free are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. As human beings, we are constantly lying to ourselves for all the reasons I shared. It's survival, right? We, we were young and, and we, became who we thought we needed to be, and we betrayed parts of ourselves in order to get mom and dad's approval and love. That's right, self-dash. We learned to lie to ourselves, right? We felt anger and sadness and and resentment and pain. We suppressed it like, I'm fine. We've learned Mm -hmm. to lie to ourselves in order to function and survive. We may not have seen it as lying to ourselves, but this is what we've learned to do. And so I think one of the places that we can, any human being can start the process of surrendering is looking at the lies you're telling yourself. This is a simple place to start. We stay in relationships that we know are not aligned because of what people think, because of family, because we've invested so much, because of our identity we've created around the relationship. And we're not happy. Deep down, we know that we're not happy, but we stay because... (gasps) I've been in this 10 years and I don't know what life would be like without this, but we're miserable. We work jobs that we hate. We betray ourselves to get love, validation, and approval from those around us in society and on social media and wonder mm-hmm. why we're so miserable. So the first thing we can do, the first question I would invite everyone to ask themselves if you really want a breakthrough is ask yourself this question. What lies am I telling myself? Straightforward. To me, this is the truth. Like breakthroughs and surrender starts with the truth. The ego, that which you mistakenly believe yourself to be, The ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants everybody else to change. The ego wants the president to change. The ego wants your wife and your husband to change. The ego wants your pet chihuahua to change. The ego doesn't want to change, right? And and so this is why the ego doesn't want to acknowledge the truth because it wants to stay how it is. Acknowledging the truth starts to question the ego's sense of self. And so if we can just start with 
What lies am I telling myself and have the courage to just start telling the truth? You have to want to be free more than you want what you have. You have to want to be free more than you want what you think you want. And I think when you truly want freedom more than anything else, that's when you can start telling the truth. And that's the beginning of surrender. So what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? Because many times the ego plays this sneaky game of confusion. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is right. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know. I don't know if I should stay in this relationship or not. We know. All of us, on some deep level, we know. There is a knowing that we have. And so if we can just start with, and I tell people, by telling the truth, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action. Mm-hmm. of having to do something because sometimes the fear of the consequence of telling the truth right. is, what, is what blocks us so the exactly. ego kind of kicks in it's like i'm confused this way we don't right. have to tell the truth but if we if you can take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action That's and just right. start with i hate my job you don't have to leave because maybe you have three kids and you need to pay the bills fair mm-hmm. enough but just acknowledge i hate my job That's just right. tell the truth You can stay doing it, but just acknowledge the truth. That begins a process inside and starts moving step by step. I am no longer in love with my, with my partner. Scary. You don't have to break up, but just acknowledge the truth. That starts moving you in the direction. So that's right. What lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? Mm -hmm. And what is it costing me? I want, I would encourage everyone to, to, to acknowledge the pain of resisting, acknowledge the pain of lying because pain is a signal. Pain is a blessing. Pain is a, the pain that you feel in an area of your life is actually a message. It's a messenger. It's a part of you showing you. It's a part of you trying to get your attention to show you where you're not in alignment, to show you where you're not living truth, show show Mm -hmm. you where you're not in integrity. And so when you can just acknowledge the pain, the challenge is many times as human beings, we, we, we drink it away, smoke it away, sex it away, shop it away, right. meditate it away. But yeah. rather than just meditating away, pain, that's funny. You know, yeah. Acknowledge the pain. It's like, wow, this, when we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. It's not meant to feel great. And so when you, if you don't feel great, you feel some pain. This is a signal. Listen to the signal. And, and, and receive the message of the pain. Then you can use that pain to course correct. You can use that pain to bring yourself into alignment. You can use that pain to acknowledge the deeper truth and move in the direction of what is truly, you know, in integrity and alignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's right. I love it. So many people are trapped in the, the illusion of what they think they want, like you said before, but actually they're in denial, right? Denial is, the, is one of the biggest disease, really. Denial. Yeah. I yeah. often say to people, yeah. even if whether you decide or you don't decide, you're already deciding. By not deciding, you are deciding. At least choose to not to decide in a conscious way because at least you are in control. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I have another question, cute, because you talk a lot about purpose in this book. Some people have their purpose very clearly, but some people, they don't have it. And that's... You know, let, 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 let's start with the, the, 
the the highest level of purpose first. Because ultimately, I tell people, stop trying to find your purpose. The more you try to find your purpose, the further you get away. And sometimes the process of constantly seeking your purpose, you know, I have friends that every year I speak to them, the beginning of, of every year, I'm finding my purpose this year. I'm and they're always seeking their purpose. They're professional purpose seekers, right? And so sometimes the process of trying to find your purpose is the very thing that takes you away from the purpose from the purpose that is your life right now. And so I tell people, stop trying to find your purpose. The ego wants to constantly seek and seek and seek and seek and never find. So constantly finding and seeking your purpose can can be a sneaky game of the ego because if I'm always seeking my purpose, I don't really have to live my purpose. And that's that's another strategy. And so I tell people, stop trying to find your purpose. Realize on a bigger context and spiritual level, this moment right now and your very existence is the very purpose for where you were born. This moment, this moment is your purpose. So realize the ultimate purpose that you and I have as human beings is not what you do, whether you're a fireman, whether you're a life coach, whether you're a uh, a taxi driver, whether you're CEO, what you do is not your purpose. You are a soul. You've incarnated into this human experience in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to evolve. Life is like a university for your soul's evolution. Every person, every relationship, everyone, everyone is, is part of your curriculum. They are your teachers in the process to to help you learn lessons and to help you realize and remember who you really are. And so if you realize that you are a soul, your soul, your spiritual energy being, having a human experience, life is a university. If you really understand that you're not just this physical body, and if that is the case, then the purpose of your life is every moment. The purpose of your life is evolution. You have incarnated in order to evolve, in order to grow, in order to awaken and realize who you really are. And every experience, every situation, every job, every heartbreak, every breakup, every success, every relationship, everything you go through is really serving your awakening. So there's never a moment that is not your purpose so long as you are growing and evolving. So no matter what you're doing, I would invite every single person as you go. Maybe you're going through a difficult moment. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe you're going through a heartbreak. Maybe you're working a job you hate. Maybe you're, you're working with a boss that is, that, 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 that is, is abusive. Maybe you're in a relationship that, that is challenging. To me, it doesn't matter what you do at the level of the goal and the story. While you're going through what you're going through, ask yourself the question. What is my soul seeking to learn in this experience? What is the lesson for why I attracted this person? Why did I attract this person, the situation, this experience in order to learn what? Because so long as you learn the lesson, where you are with who you're with, for why you attracted that situation, then you are living your purpose because your purpose is growth. You can make a billion dollars and be, you know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Carlos Slim. You can make a zillion dollars, but if you are not growing and becoming more of who you are, 
if you are not evolving, but you're devolving, if you're betraying yourself in the process of becoming more disconnected, but you made $2 billion, and what is the point of that? And so then I would say you're not living your purpose. So your true purpose is, is who you are and the evolution and the learning of the lessons while you do what you do. To me, that is the key. That's true success. That's true purpose. And so you can be an unknown person collecting trash on the street, but truly evolving and living your purpose, you know, on that inner level. It's not about what you do. Now, with that said, some folks might be saying, well, I still want to express myself and do something that is in alignment with my creativity. Okay. What is my response there? I'm going to give you some practical steps. I'm going to still start with stop trying to find your purpose. Seeking your purpose is taking you away. Because mm. here's the thing. Your purpose is evolutionary. What is your purpose now may not be your purpose in 10 years. What is your purpose in 10 years may not be your purpose in 20 years. Your purpose evolves and expands as you evolve and expand in consciousness. And so your purpose is evolutionary. And, and, and so rather than trying to figure out what your purpose is, this is what I suggest. Take a step. Take a step in the direction of your intuition. Take a step in the direction of what lights you up. Take a step in the direction of what turns you on. Take a step in the direction of what of what makes you come alive. You take a step like, oh, I feel something here. I feel like I would do this for free. I feel like my soul is lit up. Take a step in that. Just take a step in that direction. Because many times people, we, we are trying to figure out our purpose from the level of the mind, the That's level right. of the logic. But the, the mind itself is conditioned. So many times what we think our purpose is, is not really our purpose. It's just what we think our purpose is based on our conditioning, based on our pain, our trauma, our unresolved stuff. So now, well, I think my purpose should be be an actor. I think my purpose should be, you know, be a billionaire. I think my purpose should be be a life coach. When sometimes what you think your purpose is, is a projection of your unmet needs from childhood, right? And and so mm. because you don't realize that maybe because I'm, I didn't feel loved by my dad or my mom, I think I, this should is what I should be doing in order to get love, validation, approval. And mm -hmm. so what I tell people is when you follow your soul, the soul's guidance, you take a step. Oh, something's nudging me in this direction. You're not trying to figure it out with your mind. You take a step. Life reveals to you the next step in the process of living life. Then you take another step. Life reveals to you the process. Life reveals to you what's next. Then you take another step. Life reveals to you what's next. Then you take another step. Life reveals to you what's next. And all of a sudden, maybe 5, 10, 7, 8, 9, 11, 15 years from now, you find yourself living into the purpose. But it wasn't necessarily the purpose that you thought was your purpose sitting on the sidelines trying to figure it out with a journal. You live into your purpose every step of the way. But here's the thing. When you take that step, you might, you, so you don't have to know what your purpose is in order to live it. You take the step. Life shows you what's next. But every step you take, you grow and you evolve. You develop more skills. You start to become the person that is, is more expanded. You start to become the person that is capable of handling 
what's next. So you take a step, you grow, you evolve, you take a step, you go, you grow and evolve. Life gives you more. But when we sit on the sidelines trying to figure out our purpose, but we don't go through the process of evolution, we don't actually become the person that's capable of, of truly fulfilling that purpose. And many times it doesn't materialize because we're not ready. So mm-hmm. go in the direction of what you love and grow and evolve and learn. It's number one. Mm-hmm. And when you become ready, life gives you more. Number two, we'll get practical. L- ask yourself, what tangible specific skills you have, what specific skills you have. Because everything you have been through, because you might say, well, I love Formula One. Yeah, but the chances of you and I being, you know, Lewis Hamilton is is basically impossible. You know, it's almost, almost impossible. Uh, uh, I love, you know, basketball, but we're not going to be Kobe. You know, it, it's just, Unlikely, right? And so you have to look, then be practical and look at what tangible skills do I have? This is why I tell people, don't wait on the sidelines. It might mean you take that job that you don't like because that's where the universe is pointing you. Because in that job, working for that, let's say, accountant, there's certain skills you learn. You learn to manage people. You learn to manage money. You learn social media. There's certain things you learn on the way that's part of the skill set that you're going to need in the total whole of the fulfillment of your purpose. So look at the tangible skills that you have because those skills are part of the preparation necessary for you living your purpose. Number three, look and ask yourself, based on those skills, what problems What problems are you uniquely gifted at solving? Because to me, being successful and making money is a function of being of service. You are of service when you add value. You add value when you solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge. When you solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge, not only will you be successful, but money, money in the form of currency and abundance is the natural transference of energy uh, that is returned to you when you solve someone's pain, problem, or challenge. So I look at people like uh, Jeff Bezos. Some people don't like Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. But what I do know is he's very successful. What I do know he, is he lived the purpose. What I do know is he's made a lot of money. And and, and what people have to realize is, is he was providing a service, adding value, solving a pain, problem, or challenge. And as a result, you have Amazon. Right. And so I think when we can look at what problems am I uniquely gifted at solving? How can I be of true service when we truly focus not on how can I make money, but how can I be of service by solving a pain problem or challenge that Mm -hmm. might point you in the direction of where your purpose lies. And lastly, I would say, look at which group of people do you feel a natural connection to, an, an affinity to? Maybe you feel a natural connection to the elderly. Maybe you feel a natural connection to, you know, single mothers. Maybe you feel a natural connection to, you know, teenage boys without fathers. Whoever you feel a natural connection to, that might show you where your karma where your purpose lies, the group of people that you have been put on the planet to serve. But most of all, what I want people to take away from the purpose conversation is don't wait. Just start. Move in a direction. 
Many times we have these big visions of living this huge, big purpose. We want to change millions of people, but we won't help the person that's in front of us. Okay. And so how do we don't? And I remember, I'll give you a story. I remember uh, 20-some years ago when I was just beginning, uh, bef- before, I just, before I started coaching, I had these visions of helping a lot of people in my life, millions of people. And I would think about it, I would journal about it. And one day I was meditating in the park. I didn't have any money. And I was meditating in the park, thinking about my purpose. I was like, what am I living my purpose in my mind, right? In my imagination. And one day in my meditation time, I heard like God. I don't know if it was really God, but it, it felt like God, right? I had God say, basically, Coot, you're full of shit. I was like, what? <laughs> and, and, and I said, why is that? You know, and, and it was like this voice said, look across the street. Across the street was this old woman. She must have been in her 80s, a Russian woman, right? A beautiful grandma, great grandma. Every day I would see her across the street while I would sit there and meditate on my purpose. And this voice said, every day you sit here thinking about the purpose and all the people you want to reach. But every day this grandma struggles with her groceries and you won't stand up and help her. How will you impact a million people when you won't help one person? And so mm-hmm. I, I, I got off of the bench went and helped this woman. And every day for probably the next four to five months, developed a relationship with this old 80-year-old woman. Mm. And I would just carry her groceries. And so I just tell people, start where you are. Start where you are exactly as you are with those around you. Respond to the need in the moment. If you look around, your purpose is calling in many ways. And even though it may not be what you think you want, it may not be the ultimate thing, you take a start, it will lead to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, Definitely. to the next. Definitely. I, thank you. I love it. I have a last question for you. I'm hearing a lot about feminine energy uh, with all this surrendering, magical surrendering, faith, intuition, you know. And uh, as a relationship coach, I talk a lot about feminine and masculine energy. There okay. are a lot of people who are denying a part of themselves, which is their part of their feminine energy. What would you say to them? A lot of people, or a lot, are you talking about men, women? No, I'm just just men and women as well. You know, some women are leading through their masculine energy, they're denying their feminine. Oh, wow. Some good. men are leading through their masculine and denying it. So you know, Look, in I, general, I, I would I, I I would say yeah, we we need a whole podcast on that that topic alone. You know, we we, <laughs> we should do a part two. But in a nutshell, I would say, wow. Um. In all of us, we have masculine and feminine inside, men and women. It makes up the, the, the holistic nature of who we are as human beings. Sadly, in our culture for centuries now, we have denied the feminine. We have suppressed the feminine energies. We have suppressed the feminine. We've suppressed woman. We've suppressed the feminine within ourselves. Men have suppressed the feminine inside of themselves. And somehow, In our culture, we've been also uh, sadly afraid of the feminine because in many ways, the feminine energy is unpredictable. The feminine energy is more fluid. The feminine energy is intuitive. The feminine energy is, the feminine energy is not something you can put in a scientific mathematical grid, one, two, three, four, five, because sometimes the feminine is the magic because one, two plus two doesn't always equal four. Sometimes when you're dealing with the nature of the feminine, four, 
plus four equals 7,000 or whatever is necessary for the moment. And so because in certain ways, we, the, the feminine is, is less tangible, unquantifiable, not as, 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 as logicalized or controllable in many ways. Sadly, the masculine that has been afraid of that unpredictability has sought to control and suppress the feminine as a way to maintain stability. Um, but in doing so, I think we have disconnected from a part of ourselves as a culture and lost many gifts. And now we've created a world that is a very, has been at least for so much of humanity, very hyper-masculinized world in a one-dimensional way. So you have like a bird, imagine a bird that's flying with one wing that is very strongly right. developed, but the other wing isn't. And so somehow mm -hmm. with the one wing so overdeveloped, we've created a society that maybe hasn't gone in the best direction because when it's not connected and integrated with the feminine, Right. Uh, you lose you lose a lot. And I think we're a culture that is starving for the feminine. We're a culture that is... And sadly, if I can say, I think many women have been sadly brainwashed by the narrative of hundreds of years to believe that they now need to be like men. They now yeah. need to deny their feminine energy and be yeah. masculine in the world in order to be successful. And sadly, many women have denied, devalued their own feminine power, their feminine magic, their feminine yeah. intelligence, the feminine intuition in order to make it and succeed and survive in a world that has become hyper-masculine. So I think as men, we need to reintegrate our feminine and, 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 create the space and the appreciation for the feminine again within ourselves and in the world. And I think as women, I, I think women need to also embrace and reintegrate their own feminine and reawaken and realize, reappreciate the true power of what it is to be feminine and all of the feminine qualities to realize you don't have to be a man or masculine to to be powerful because I think there is tremendous power in the feminine. I think there is a tremendous awakening, a resurgence of the feminine happening again. I mean, there's I more I can so. say, but yeah. I think so, definitely. And definitely your book is going to help a lot. <laughs> and I'm also here to awaken the feminine. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation, exciting conversation. How can people contact you if they want to work with you, know more about oh, what you do? Sure. Yeah, you know, I would say there's, there's in 2024, there's going to be a lot of uh, exciting and new events that we're launching uh, in the spring. So I'd invite people a couple of ways. Number one, you can go to www.kutekutblackson.com to find out um, about my upcoming events in the spring and the rest of the year. Uh, number two, uh, sometimes I take on a, a very select group of individuals for mentoring. You can also uh, go to my website, kootblackson.com forward slash coaching, find out a bit about the intensive mentoring experiences and processes that I offer.
Perfect. And then also you, you can get the book, The Magic of Surrender. Check out my Definitely. podcast, Soul Talk. And uh, say, say hi on, um, on Instagram, Koo Blackson. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, kids. A pleasure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.